on your radio and online. At home or on the road. This is ABC Radio. In Brisbane, the Great Australian Dash Ham Walk is, is happening from 10.30. That's to support... Um, to, devoted to Dashhound Rescue. It's a really good cause. Oh, it's on tomorrow, sorry, not today, tomorrow at 10.30. The walk's starting for, from Kurilpa Point Park uh, for those in Brisbane um, at 10.30 tomorrow. But it is an Australia-wide work, walk, so get into that one. Uh, Rolly Sussex is with me, and Rolly, you were interested in that walk because of the word Dashhound. Yes, except that it's Dachshund in German. So it's a Dachshund. Yes, the hund bit is a hound, and, <laughs> and, and we, we have shared the root with German, except that that's a general word for, for dog in German, hund, whereas in English, hound is a particular type of dog, right? Okay. So the two words come from the same source. What about Rottweiler? Ah, uh, well, that's different. It's Rottweiler? Uh, no, no, no well, it's a, it's a Rottweiler. Rottweiler. Yeah. In German, if you've got E-I and I-E... The easy rule is take the second letter, pronounce it like the letter in English, and you're fine. So W I E N is Vienna, and that's Wien because I E E, all right? Yes. But Rottweiler, E I, the second letter mm. is I, pronounce it as I, and you know which way it goes. But right. the Dachshund, mm. the Dach in German, D A C H, is a badger. What's a badger? A badger. A badger is an oh, animal. Oh, you're a badger, the yeah. little badger. Oh. Well, it's not that little either. <laughs> oh. They've they, got sort of stripy, long, black and white heads and actually can be pretty fierce mm. uh, when they're defending their thing. So you, they would, I imagine, send ducks down the barrow to, mm. to get the badger out. Sit there. Guess what I forgot to do? What? <laughs> the ABC's Word Wizard. The Lord of Language. A word in your ear with <laughs> Professor Rawley Sussex. Just for you, Rolly Sussex, 1300 if you have a question for Rolly. How have you been, Rolly? Well, thank yeah, you. You've been busy. Riding bike and digging my garden and doing weeds and picking limes and all sorts of stuff. And Life is full. Life is full and then you come in here every Saturday morning and we yeah. put you to work. We're going to get straight to it, Rolly, I think, right. because Bruce is on the phone from Field. Hello, Bruce. Yes, good morning, Loretta and Rolly. Morning. Um, Rolly, I just wanted to ask you about words that have become nouns, mm. like um, coffee, you know, we'll meet for a coffee or... Right. And the other one is clubbing. Okay. We'll go clubbing. Mm -hmm. Well, meet for a coffee, I think that's, that's uh, a noun already, and coffee is a substance, so you're meeting you're to me join... But, but what about when they say, let's do coffee? Let's do coffee. That has now, I think, become more of an event rather than the thing. Mm. You know, coffee is something you grind, something you brew, something you drink. All right. But do coffee, it's, it's almost as if, like, let's do tea, let's do dinner. All right. So that it's now lining up as, if you like, a particular uh, shared mm. gustatory event. And clubbing. Bruce wants to go clubbing. And clubbing, yeah. Now, that, that is a straight out. Uh, <laughs> the, what's happened is that the word, the noun club gives you a verb. We're going to club yeah. this evening, and that makes a new noun in ING, of which there are thousands. But English it, is very good at making It's it. like dancing. Let's mm. go to a dance. Yes. Let's go dancing. Yes. Let's go yeah. to a club. Let's go clubbing. Yeah. And once you've got a pattern like that, uh, the, it can actually sort of set a pattern for new verbs to, to f behave similarly. I came across one, one of the listeners sent me one this morning to part out. To and, part out? And this is when you're taking a car to bits for parts. Never heard of it. Neither have I, but apparently it's common in the area of people who are oh. re no, rebuilding vehicles. Okay, to so, part out. Yeah. Uh, Tom in Bundaberg. Hello, Tom. 
Hey, Tim, how are you? Good. What's yeah. your question? Good. I have an issue. I've been hearing people use the word premise mm-hmm. and, um, for uh, a building, a house, whatever. Yeah, um, yeah. I thought a premise was an idea, a thought, and premises was the building. Am I right or am I wrong? No, you're dead right. Um, the premise in the singular is a logical thing, and it's, it's part of argumentation. And premises... Uh, exactly how we got from one to the other, I'm not entirely sure, but that's certainly a house or a building, and it's plural, so the premises are. Yes, thank you. In other words, you're entirely correct, and I hope we're not in the middle of a a, a marital disagreement. (laughs) (laughs) Not at all. (laughs) Loretta and I are rather cautious about these things. Yes, we (laughs) are. Thanks. Um, Yeah, go on, Tom. By the the way, Rowley, I've got some weeds here if you need to... uh, All right. Oh, I thought you were offering to do mine. I, I have I have some cat's claw, which I'm having trouble with. Hey, we've done gardening this morning, guys. I know, I know. I should have been up earlier. All right, thanks, Tom. Thank you, bye. David in Emerald, hello. Hello. Good morning to you both. Yes, hi there. What's your question? Yeah, I'd like to ask uh, Rolly about mm. uh, a word like somebody does a good turn for you and they say spot on. Mm-hmm. Where does it originate from, if you know, please? Oh, um, I think it's British originally. Um, yeah. And uh, it, it means completely accurately. So you know, your reviews are spot on. You know, your contribution was spot on, meaning you're, you're right, right on the spot or right on the mark. And there oh, are quite, okay. quite a few words which, which are like that, which suggest you've, uh, you've, you've hit the button right on the head. Okay? Oh, okay. That, that's yeah. it. It's actually quite simple. Thanks very much. Hello. Uh, welcome. So, David, Bye. you're spot on about spot on. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> did you like that, Rolly? Maureen at Brackenridge. Hello. Hello. What's your question for Rolly? I'm I'm very fascinated with the use of the word bespoke. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, I me love too. words, but I have no idea what bespoke means. Oh. And I'm hearing it more often now. Yes, more often, yeah. to the point where I decided today was the day I ring Rolly. <laughs> I've seen it on signs too. Yes, you do. Yeah. Um, it used to be, if you had an expensive tailor in London, in Savile Row, you would go and have a bespoke suit made. And that means that it was made to measure for you particularly and it comes comes from an old english this is the, the word to speak uh, which means that you it, it's uh, you know you've ordered it specifically for you but now you can get bespoke things which aren't suits and right. aren't trousers and aren't jackets yeah I've it's seen. just general fashion bespoke well, you, yes and you can also get bespoke furniture right when you've had a piece which is designed in a particular way to fit a particular space. <laughs> to fit you know. the particular bottom. <laughs> if it's a well, big if you want to go chair. there, I mean, it'd be my guess. But, <laughs> made, made to measure. Yeah. In other words, you, you've spoken up for it ahead of time, and this is now, if you like, allocated to you. You've Not paid for it. Oh. Yeah, but why what, all of a sudden are we hearing it? All right. You know. Because I think made to measure sounds a little bit clunky somehow. Bespoke is, you know, is associated with suits and expensive things and British aristocracy and so on. And bespoke furniture sounds to me uh, as if, you know, this is probably made in imported mahogany. And but I don't know about you, Maureen, but when I look or hear about bespoke, I think, oh, it's something I can't afford. Yeah. I, I do. I'm so curious about it because mm. I think it should be made. Now you've explained the meaning, mm. um, made to measure, because it's po- like Loretta said, it's popped up everywhere. Yeah. And I look at it and I think, what on earth does that mean pertaining to that where I see it. Mm. Mm. Well, you know, this is by bespoke Rolls Royce. I had it <laughs> specially gold plated. So, can we say our cooking is bespoke? I don't think so. Oh, <laughs> made to measure. Well, now I'll read the articles where I see the word. I'll read it a bit more plainly so I understand it because I do love words and I love your program. Thank and you. And Rita, I love you from way back in 4BC days. Oh, <laughs> thanks for that, Maureen. I'm very pleased I got through. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye. Let's go to Jeanette in Rockhampton now. Hello, Jeanette. 
Hi, Loretta. How are you? Good, Hi. thank you. What's your question for Rolly? Uh, hi, Rolly. Um, my question is hoof and roof. Yes. Ah. The plural. Okay. Um, there, are, there are three sets of words in English which um, have Fs in, and some of them, like chief, never have a V. And some of them, like roof, uh, have either V or, or F depending. But someone like hoof, I think, is always hooves. I don't know about hoofs. That sounds or hoofs. No. That sounds odd to me. Um, but there are there are a few which actually um, they, they kind of vary a little bit across the across the divide. So the ones that can do either include dwarf, dwarves, dwarves. or dwarfs. I think Tolkien was very careful about using one or the other. Um, you can have hooves. Hooves go either way. Staff can be staves. That's an old one, oh. but now usually staffs. And you can even have turf. Turves, T-U-R-V, really? yes. It's an old one which has now fallen entirely out of use. The ones which only um, have an S, proof, for example, and muff is never V. You never have proofs and muffs, right? But the most common one is, is they put in a V instead, so calf calves and half halves and so mm. on. Okay. I'm afraid it's a matter of learning. Uh, which ones go and also which ones are, yeah. are likely to jump either way. So tell me what you said about roof again. Roofs. Roof, 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 yes. Roofs, roofs. Yeah. Roofs, roofs. Uh, I, I would have thought so, but um, I'm pretty sure that the, the, the dictionaries allow both. And, right. it, and it's really a matter of, uh, I, 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 wait a moment, roof. No, roofs, I think, is the preferred one, but a lot of people say roofs, roofs. as well. Yeah, I often listen to the news, don't you, as well, Jeanette, and sometimes yeah. they the, say. The trouble is that yeah. they, they are... A lot of these things like hoof, hoof, roof, roof, no, they, they have similar in form, similar in sound, yeah. and they really mess each other up. Yes. And can I ask you another question? Yes. Yeah, sure. Um, when you're speaking about a person and people, even on the news, on the ABC, I hear it, they talk about the person that... Yes. Be the person who? That, that's, ah. that's come in a bit, hasn't it, now? It, I've seen yeah. that. It's changed yeah. in my lifetime. I was taught at school that the person who, but Me the too. thing that. But now that is usable for any, you know, to refer to, to anything. It oh, can right. be an idea that, it can be a dog that, mm. it can be a tree that, and it can be a person that. I always that. change it. If I see it in writing and you it's do? a person, I yeah. always change it to who. It's funny, these, once you've learned these habits, mm. they stick around. They and yeah. You, yeah. you have this sort of residual feeling of guilt if you, you use do. the other one. Mm. Yeah. But I'm afraid that... Uh, that particular barrier has broken some time ago oh and is dear. now that is now standard. Thank you, Jeanette. Thank you. Okay, right. Bye bye. Bye. Paul on the Sunshine Coast. Hello. Hello. What's your question for Rolly? Um, I was just interested in the words these and those, mm -hmm. which are quite often followed by ones. I wondered if that should be redundant. Like these right. ones or those ones. No, these and those can be. Something. They can be either pronouns. Um, here, here are some apples. These are terrible. Right. In other words, you don't know, don't need ones. But they can also be be modifiers. Um, and so you can they're demonstrative adjectives. So you can say these ones. I was oh. taught at school that these ones and those ones is unnecessary and bad. Mm. But it's now so common that the the style guides have said, uh, well, okay. Mm. Yep. All right. You had another one? No, that's it. That's, that's it, all? right. Good okay. on you, Paul. You. We've got a text message here f um, from Tom. Yes. I heard Justin Trudeau of Canada say, yes. we are the United States' <laughs> best friend. Is that correct? Is the doubling up on a plural correct? Yes. No, that, that is not. But United States. Such things happen. States is plural and, you know, the United Arab Emirates is also yeah. plural and it needs a, a 
if it's going to have a possessive, the best way to do it is just to say of, you know, we are the best friend of the United States of America. Mm. Mm. Uh, you can say we are the best friends of the United States, that's fine, but not the United States's. No. It, it's going to be S apostrophe if it's anything. He, may, he might have just made a mistake. Well, in front of a microphone, exactly. if your mind is elsewhere, your tongue can sometimes do unpredictable <laughs> things. Sanjeev, to us all. it does. Sanjeev at Mount Warren Park, hello. Hi, hi. Uh, Morning. Good, good day. What's your question? Uh, question is about on traffic reports. I hear uh, sentences like "cars and motorbike have come together." Oh yeah. Uh, is that right to you? Uh, no, uh, but it's it's quite common in talking about collisions, and uh, the word collision, collide, uh, smashed into each other, it's, they, they sound rather rough. Mm. Come together sounds a little bit more civilized, even yeah. though the result is the same. So it's, it's a euphemism, and a euphemism is a gentle way of talking about something which is rough or taboo or difficult. Yeah. 1300 if you have a question for Rolly Sussex, 1300 or you can SMS 0467 Graham is in Scarborough. Hi, Graham. Good morning, Riley. Good morning. Oh. Uh, yeah, I went to the ballet last night and oh. the program and they were uh, discussing all the various people who were involved in that and one was the word and the creatives referring to the people doing the, uh, the lighting and oh, yes. uh, scenes and that and I thought, oh, I've never seen creative Used as a noun. No. Um, adjectives can jump into nouns, and uh, particularly making it into a plural like this. Yes. But no, if, if you're going to say something else, it would have to be you know, the creative members of the cast or the creative staff yes. or whatever. It sounds too many words. The creatives, mm. uh, you know. They're just getting creative with the language. They're getting aren't creative they? with it, yeah. <laughs> uh, Very it good. it Very certainly good. isn't in the. Yeah, Loretta's having a good morning. Uh, <laughs> it was the coffee that Alison Alexander just dropped into me. <laughs> Uh, the, well, they're not, I've had my one for the day. <laughs> yeah, this isn't in the dictionary yet, and I think it'll be some time before it is. But right. it's part of a pattern where, where we can use oh, words okay. as other parts of speech without, yes. without putting anything on the end. And so, you know, you get yes. an invite rather than an oh. invitation, and yes. this sort of thing is now absolutely Oh, endemic. when I saw it, I thought it was quite smart. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and it, it also makes, it makes you pause and think, now, wait a moment, this captures something about what they're contributing to the production. Mm. That's and correct. It's yeah. quite nice, and if it's, if it's got enough legs, it'll actually get in the dictionaries in due course. Graham, how was the opera? Oh, unbelievable. It's sort of, uh, everything, uh, everything about it was just stunning. I mean, Excellent. the sets, the, the lighting, the dancing, the music, oh, stunning. <laughs> well, well, well done. Which one was it, Graham? Oh, it was two. Uh, there was, um, oh, what was this one? Oh, Firebird mm -hmm. and then, and then uh, Carmen. Lovely. All right, well, thank you for your call. Thank you. Okay. Uh, Chris from, rang from Lota. He wants to know how to pronounce assume. Mm -hmm. So don't make a you-know-what out of you and me. No. <laughs> All right. If you got S plus Y, it very often becomes as a SH. And, for example, tissue has become tissue. Yes. All right. Uh, but uh, assume, this is one that Julia Gillard used to do with negotiations and so on. Right. Right. Yeah. And uh, that, w that stuck out a bit because it's unusual. Negotiate. Uh, well, people, a lot of people say negotiate. Negotiate. With a sure. And it's a natural, it's called pal palatalization. It happens all over English. All of those words in T-I-O-N used to be sion in French and they're oh. now shun in English. Right. I, I, t I say assume 
still. Assume. 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 I assume. I, I assume that. I assume. Mm. But I'm, I'm a bit sticky about these Some things. Some people say, I assume. That's fine as well. That's, that's very, very common. Yeah, which, you'd, you know, an English teacher would say, well, it's not spelled A-S-H. Right. Double but <laughs> at speed, even you and I would. No, yeah. I don't assume that. What about schedule and schedule? Ah, I was brought up with schedule. So was I. Yes. Schedule is American. That's what I thought. But if you have S-C-H school then you got S-C-H, schedule. Mm. It is an Americanism. It was starting to be common about 20 years ago, and it is now beating schedule by quite a bit. Mm, okay. Trevor is on the Atherton Tablelands. Hello, Trevor. Good morning. How are you today? Good. What's your question for Rolly? Right. The question is this, um, and you're running a good show, but I'll hit the question, so I'm not <laughs> holding you up. That's all right. Um, and I only just picked up on your show this morning after listening to the local sports. Oh, through the oh right. Nice. Week. A new listener. Yeah. Welcome. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Now, the question is this. Um, something has been perturbing me for some time. Um, in, in the sentence, for example, um, where they say, the people that went to school, mm -hmm. um, those, uh, those people that went down the road. Mm -hmm. Just two examples. Now, should it not be that it goes like this, the people who went to school... Mm -hmm or the people who went down the road. Yeah, yeah. Well, a lot of us uh, have this same question, don't we? Yeah, that was a previous we? listener mm. was, was worried about too. Uh, no, the, it's changed, and now that, is, that can be used for anything, and in fact it's quite nice because you don't but, have to but think. But to me, when you, read, the sen when you mm. read a sentence or hear it said verbally, yes. Sounds know, verbally wrong. or in the written word, it doesn't seem right when you're referring to a person or person, yeah. and the As word that is used, because that to me, when I came through school, meant an object, yep. not That's right. a person. That's the way it was, but it's, it's changed and become a lot looser. The other thing is, is that uh, these things are, n are very seldom ac accented. In other words, the people that, that, right? That, so that yeah. it's, it's, it's the uh vowel, which is called schwa. It's unstressed and it's much less prominent. So the, the people that I saw today, yes. uh, the word is almost swallowed up. Yeah, and on the other hand, if you say the people that and give it full vowel, it, that does sound a little bit unnatural still, mm. the people who... So I would have thought that at slow speed, with an emphasis on, on usage like that, you might still go more for who than for that. Yeah. But in, particularly in speech, that is now absolutely standard. Thanks for your call, Trevor. Let's go to Toowoomba, and Stan is on the phone. Hello, Stan. Good morning. Um, question, why do some people try to overemphasize their <laughs> own situation by saying I myself personally. Oh yeah. Oh that's a good one. This is this <laughs> is trying to trying to have some gravitas and to really be imposing <laughs> uh, and to say that no this is the the view which is associated with me and in case you didn't didn't hear it it's myself and uh, actually it's my personal view as well um overkill several times and uh, i think it's it's not particularly good style and, and i tend to agree one other thing yeah centrifugal and I use centrifugal, yes. but other people I hear use centrifugal. Ah. Oh, that's right. This is one of these things where you've got two forms of the word, centrifuge, centrifugal, all right? Yeah. Yep. And, and so if you've got a centrifuge uh, and uh, the stress is on the oo and then you've got centrifugal, there is a tendency in English for one of them to fall out, and usually the longer one starts to imitate the shorter one. So centrifuge is shorter than centrifugal, and that's why you're starting to get centrifugal. But a lot of words are having trouble with stress at the moment. Yeah. Well spotted. All right. Thank you, Stan. Uh, Glenis, tell I. Hi, Glenis. Oh, hang, hang on. Hello, Glenis. Are you there? Yes, I am. Hi. What's your number Hello. for Rolly? Um, 
I'm just worried about phone numbers and things like you see on ads and people talking and they give you your phone number like mm-hmm. 1300. Yes. And then they go double O and then a friend of mine said O is a letter, not yep. a number. That's and true. it should be zero, is that right? Well, uh, there are certain professions, particularly maths and uh, engineering and so on, where they, they tend to say zero rather carefully. Mm. But zero is two syllables and O is one syllable. Mm-hmm. And um, and the there was actually quite a difficulty what we were going to call the first ten years of this of this century. Some people call them the OOs and some, some people call the Aughties yeah. from the noughts and so on. So the O is perfectly fine. And the other thing, of course, is that the full stop has become dot if you're giving your email address. That's right. No. You know what, though, working in the news, being in the newsroom, mm-hmm. and I remember when the police wanted us to particularly say triple mm-hmm. zero yes. because people were ringing triple O and not getting through to the, you know, to the emergency number. That, so you had to be careful to say it's triple yeah. zero. And that particularly oh, is one where you got it at the right time. It's a different one. number. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Mm-hmm. If you if you print a capital O and then a zero on your computer, you will find that they're actually different. different. They are. The yeah. the zero is always a bit thinner. Mm. And and that's one way. And some people actually write a, when you're doing in handwriting, you put a diagonal stroke through through the round thing mm. to make clear that that's a zero yeah. and not an O. Thanks, Glennis. It's a good, yeah, thank you. good point. Thank you. I'm giving my phone number now as zero. 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 Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yes. Okay. Mind you, once you once you know that you're dealing with a, a number, then O is within that context is yeah. probably okay because uh, what what is really tr- difficult is let's say you're making an airline booking, they give you this six character thing which is your identifier. Oh yeah. And sometimes it's really difficult to know whether it's a one or an I mm. and an O or a zero. That's true. And that's a problem. I've had that trouble with filling in forms. Um, let's got a few more to get through. Ron in Carindale. Hello, Ron. Hello. What's Hi. your question? Uh, Rolly, do you mind explaining again mm. the difference between due to mm. and owing to? Okay, uh, due to normally takes a subject. So this is due to, you know, the rain was due to a depression or something. And the owing to normally comes at the start of a sentence. Owing to something or other, uh, we're now going to be out of, uh, we're going to have a drought, right? So due to normally requires a subject. So this is due, A is due to B. And owing to is normally used at the start of a sentence. Owing to something. Whatever. So it could be, uh, this has been cancelled owing to the rain or? Uh, no, probably due to the rain, I think. Okay. But uh, again, the, the two are now used, sorry, grammatically, uh, the rule I gave you is, is a, it's, it's principally the way that I said, but they are now starting to get mixed up because yeah. they mean the same kind of thing. It's like with a lot of things now, isn't it? There's a yes. rule, yes. but those rules are broken. Yep. Uh, Kate in Clontarf, hello Kate. Good morning. What's your question for Rolly? I have two little issues. One is the flattening of a leading vowel. Mm -hmm. I hear it many, many times in media. I hear it all over the place where the word, word, my grandchildren now think election is spelt with an A. Election, yeah. All right. Olympic, eventually. Yes, I heard Olympic the other day. You're right. And I hear it, believe it or not, repeatedly on the ABC News. Yes. Woodward now said 11 degrees the other day. I nearly fainted. Okay. She was probably tired because she's been doing a lot of acting lately. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, this is is part of a tendency. It's called raising because the vowels um, are made with the tongue slightly higher than they would be. The British got a very open air, 11, 11. Right. 11, 11. 11, 11. 11. Right? Now, that is now becoming... um, it, it's, it's messing around with at and air and so on, and Alexander becomes Alexander, 
And uh, I think that there is a yeah. fair bit of slop in the way in which words are pronounced. Is it just us? Uh, it's part of the language. Yeah. It's, it's now accepting it. I think a good observation, uh, which way this is going to go, I'm not quite sure. Normally, at becomes air rather than the other way. We need some elocution back, we, we, lessons if back. We, if we had elocution, we would be rather over-careful. We, we would, wouldn't no, we? No. Well, well spotted, Kate. Thanks, this is, Kate. This is yes. a, a change in progress. Mm, David at Sunnybank Hills, Hello. Uh, good morning. Uh, good morning, Rolly. Yes. Uh, I want to add to the d bespoke conversation. Mm. Right. In the, I in the IT world where I come from, the first thing you, when you're looking at uh, a piece of software that uh, may be used across the enterprise, the first thing is buy or build. Mm -hmm. uh, and if you can build then at, at a reasonable price, then that's the direction you go. And mm -hmm. it's always called a bespoke application. Yeah. And and it's very important when you uh, read documentation, when you come in with, to an enterprise that's got a number of applications, to know which ones are bespoke and which ones aren't. Yes. And if they are bespoke, then you can typically access the source code, which means you can modify that application, whereas if you buy one, you typically can't get to the um, source code and you can't modify the application. Unless so someone's hacked it, yes. application is widely used. That's that's the majority context in my world. Lovely. Look, thank you for reminding me. I'd forgotten about Bespoke Apt. And this is something which is purpose-built, and if your programmer has done the job properly, there'll be lots and lots of comments in it so you know how it works and which bits are where, and also um, you know what you might do if you need to modify it in a certain direction. Because oh. uh, when you've got a million lines of code, this is rather important. Yeah. Another one, we've just got a text here, Rolly. Mm -hmm. Rolly, can you say alls, as in A-double-L apostrophe S, example, alls, I want to do, or do you have to say all that I want to do? That's from John. All that I want to do. All, all that I want all to do. is not in any dictionary. And I want to read another quick SMS. Um, someone discovered, Andrew at Highgate Hill discovered a new plural yesterday. It's not orthotics, but orthoses, O-R-T-H-O-S-E-S. Orthoses, yes. Apparently. I don't think so. He might have discovered it somewhere. This is... Crumbs. Yeah, um, crumbs. Well, you can work on that one. Yeah. And because Debbie's also said, um, oh, she wants the difference between who and whom. All right. Whom, sorry, who is used for a subject? Who came to our party? Whom is used for everything else? So the person whom I saw or the person to whom I gave something after prepositions. Right. But whom is on the skids? Um, okay. English is getting simpler and it's losing whom. It is still used in writing, and uh, I know editors who will be quite sticky about this and make sure you got it right. In speech, hearing whom sounds almost overcareful, mm. and within a generation it will probably only be written if that. Well, it's funny that you say that because for just one more, Trish says, Rolly, do you think the various changes you have mentioned this morning, example person, mm. that, reflect a lowering of educational standards? Nope. Uh, they reflect a more flexible approach to rules and the trouble is that some of the rules we were we had banged into us at school like don't end the sentence with a preposition mm -hmm. are actually physically wrong english was never like that and this was a rule which was invented and it's misleading and quite against the spirit of the language mm. since um I, I was taught that i should speak the way i wrote and i should try to write the way the british write oh. at school <laughs> Nowadays, uh, we're writing more the way we speak and, yeah. you know, pieces of writing that you will have in the newspaper or quality journalism run off the tongue much more easily than they used to. Mm. And that means that quite a few things which were 
corralled either into the speech or into the written mode are now blurring across the boundary. Conversational writing. Yeah, that's right. Rolly, that's all we've got time for. We had a lot of calls today, still some SMSs too, but thank you so much. But you wanted to get to the style guide. We might have to talk about that next well, week. Well, yeah, but I'd like to give the listeners one just to look at because yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm actually quite quite uh, admiring of this one it's called editoraustralia.com mm. all in one word editoraustralia.com the editors have done us a really nice favor and put up online free a whole lot of uh, guidance and advice and examples about usage usage of english and it's it's really worth a look because it's it's well laid out it's easily indexed and and good to understand all right rolly thank you so much have you got a final word yes um the poet tennyson was rather pompous at times and this bit is very famous. I hold it true whate'er befall, I feel it when I sorrow most. Tis better to have loved and lost than never to have loved at all. <laughs> and a bloke called Gerald Bullet decided he'd improve on that, and he oh. said, I feel it when the game is done, I feel it when I suffer most. Tis better to have loved and lost than ever to have loved and won. <laughs> Raleigh Sussex, thank you so much. We'll Bye. see you again next week at 10. You will. On your radio and online. At home or on the road. This is ABC Radio.